You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on life, love, career, family, and modern culture. My name is Minji Chang, I am your host. Oh my god, you guys, it has been an absolutely insane week. I apologize for the lack of episodes. I have been running amok um, lately, getting a conference and a showcase and a comedy show completed for a collaboration, the nonprofit that I run. And I'm really, really, really proud to say that the weekend has passed. It is. It was a huge success. Um, we had some incredible, incredible moments and experiences, which I'll recap in a second. But mainly, one of the biggest wins out of all of this is I didn't get sick. I'm still healthy. Yay! Um, for those of you who are not familiar with me or, um, my track record, yeah, I'm not that good at at staying healthy, which is why I thought of uh, doing this quick episode on how to get shit done and feel good about it. Because I think this weekend is a, a, uh, hallmark moment in my life in terms of being productive while also staying sane and uh, genuinely feeling good at the end of it. Okay, so we'll talk about that evolution in a second. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you f- so much for joining. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for everyone who's been leaving reviews and uh, tweeting and whatnot. Thank you for all the support. It's been amazing. We are at episode 16, which is crazy. And uh, yeah, it's been quite the journey. So uh, for those of you who don't know, the format uh, varies. I'm having a little trouble staying consistent, but it's cool. I haven't heard any complaints yet. So until then, we're going to just keep rolling. And even after then, we may just keep rolling because I'm a flow. Let's go with the flow. But anyways, uh, usually the format is having a featured guest and a featured topic. Sometimes I opt out for a solo storytelling time, which we're going to do today. And uh, today we don't have an IMO segment. So I do want people to tweet me, email me, Facebook message me, not Facebook. um, I prefer Instagram message me um, for your questions. I want to know what you guys want to get advice on. So uh, yeah, please feel free to chime in on that. But this week's topic ties in directly again with the conference that I just ran. Um, and a little bit of a background on me. I am a a very active person. Let's just put it that way. I don't, I'm not good at downtime, if you will. I am an actor and creator, but I don't consume too much media because I frankly don't have a lot of time for that or it's not a huge priority. Like I'm really curious to meet people who are creative and want to make new things happen. So I'm just curious why I don't watch a lot of stuff. I will rewatch a lot of things, things that I love. I'll watch over and over again. But in any case, um, I've I've had a lot of different jobs. I have uh, at one point triple hustled in terms of having three major responsibilities and projects going on at one time. Uh, 
I were I went to UC Berkeley for school. Prior to that, I was uh, doing leadership in high school, and I worked in the nonprofit sector, doing public health work. I moved on to move uh, working in tech, and uh, throughout all of that, I was also volunteering my time with collaboration. And then somewhere in the mix of all that, I also started acting, and then somewhere since then. I've also started writing and making my own content and this podcast or whatever. Needless to say, I'm a pretty productive person. I'm um, usually juggling a lot of different things at once. And it's kind of just like the characteristic of my life is that I'm pretty busy. And I really like it that way. And I'm uh, really, I'm pretty happy. However, my health and... um, you know, that's not always been the case. My health and my physical health, my mental health, emotional health has definitely taken a toll. So I wanted to come up with a quick list to share with you all because um, this is not a humble brag, but people genuinely do ask me, like, how do you do all the things that you do? Um, and personally, I'm not Beyonce and I'm not Oprah. So low key, I don't think I do that much. But uh, I know compared to a lot of other people, it seems like I'm very hyperactive just because of the number of people I might interact with. That might be it. Um, so I just want to give, I guess, a few few tips. I think that my list really can go on forever and ever, but I try, I try to start small with uh, five key things that I learned primarily from this past weekend in completing uh, a comedy night, which was brand new, my third conference ever, like that I ran and that uh, my team and I ran, and then the showcase, which is probably upwards of like my 30th or 40th showcase that I've done, but they kind of grow in scale. And um, working with much larger sponsors this year, like Comcast, NBC Universal, and Pandora, On Demand Korea, and Fusion, um, this was a pretty leveling up year where I just I feel like I did more on a larger scale, and um, I was more successful in accomplishing it because I am not currently in an emergency room. So, with that, I wanted to go over my feature topic how to get shit done, and feel good about it. So I'll dive right in. I have five things, and I'll go through each one and kind of break each one down, hopefully with some anecdotes and uh, pieces of advice that might be helpful to you. I know that a lot of the listeners, at least the friends in my circle that listen to this, uh, that they are very, uh, we're all very ambitious people. We're all very creative. We have a lot of different projects that we're juggling. Um. And yeah, I just, I want to uh, give my, my little two cents. So one of, number one thing that I learned that is actually a really new arena for me in, in terms of growing as a professional and um, not only in a professional terms of being like paid to do it, but being pro in like quality, being um, somebody who delivers a very good product or service or uh project outcome, right? Number one thing is make a plan. To be honest, this is actually not my strongest suit. It's something that I'm putting a lot of effort into developing right now because I'm a lot more inclined to being an improviser. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. I'm super 
agile and I'm super flexible. So I feel like I'm a good problem solver. Like I, I can figure things out on the fly. I think I handle myself well under stress. So that's why being a producer and being a director is actually pretty fitting for me. But making a plan is really crucial. I think breaking anything down that you need to do into actionable items and, and steps and really importantly, a timeline is really critical to being successful in um, getting something done. I actually am naturally more of a visionary. I have a lot of things, a lot of ideas that um, I want to do this film or I want to make this project or I want to do this event or literally even down to things like I want to meet up with this person. I want to reach out to this person and have a conversation. I have a lot of these ideas and then taking that from inside my head into something that I actually do get on my calendar, you know, it, it involves a plan. So I actually, uh, in my plan making process actually involves, um, to do lists. I'm very big on writing things down. I will admit, however, I'm not consistent. And again, that's why I'm, it's, it's a habit that I'm trying to hone and really uh, make into like a daily thing. I want it to be part of my morning ritual um, and also my nightly ritual. I realize that a lot of times before bed, I'm really thinking about a lot of different things that I need to do uh, the next day or things that I didn't finish that day. So making a plan um, is really helpful, writing things down. I know that that sounds super simple, but it's surprising how much people don't do that. So as much as you can break things down into steps of literally making a phone call to this person or writing an email this time, blocking out things in your schedule, my Google calendar is like my best friend. And, um, I, I do as much as possible to color code and make that, that habit. Um, and developing habits takes a long time to actually, you know, make, a random thing that you do become a habit. I think it takes at least like 30 days. So be patient with yourself, but try to make um, planning a part of your process. Even if you don't go according to plan, which rarely anything does, it's good to have one. It's really good to have um, a vision and and timeline and um, even plotting out like, well, who's going to be involved in this? Okay, I want to make this short film. Who do I need to hit up? Who are the actors I want to have involved? What are the different components to that that I'll need to figure out? And from there, you can kind of reverse engineer and make a plan from there. By the way, caveat, I love that term reverse engineer. I feel like that's guided a lot of my thought process and um, producing life is that you take literally somebody else who did what you want to do, like Steven Spielberg, he made a movie. Well, then reverse engineer how Steven Spielberg did that. He took meetings. He made a budget. He talked to writers. He, you know, what was it? What did Steven Spielberg to make E.T.? Because he, he made it. So just reverse engineer it. Make a plan. It's number one. Number two, focus on what you want. For me, um, I've talked here and there about meditation and my mental health practice. But meditation has been extremely instrumental in me improving the way that my attitude functions. Basically, I am naturally a worrier. I think that I inherited that from my family. Um, my dad is a big worrier. He's a very like worst case scenario kind of guy, which gets really Debbie Downer and he worries a lot. And I don't, I'm not blaming him, but that's just the way that he has been operating for a really long time. So it's natural that I took on those characteristics. Um, and also my grandma freaks out about 
every little thing. She also escaped from North Korea. So again, learning that about her also made everything make sense. But in terms of um, what I have learned from meditation and from not only just like meditation, sitting in quiet and quieting my mind, which to this day is still pretty challenging. I listen to a lot of guided meditation and the main lessons that I learned from that is practicing gratitude, being present and focusing on what you want and um, being conscious to that, being awakened to the fact of what I actually think, what my self-talk is. And that relates back to the last episode with Jenny when we talked about closure and letting go. I identified a lot of the ways that I... um, I'm actually, I've, I've been historically pretty negative. I would get really obsessed and focused on what I didn't want to have happen and people I didn't want to let down and, um, you know, ways that I didn't want to appear foolish or things, ways that I didn't want to fail. And the way that our brains work really is crazy because whatever we think Like I'm living proof. I really, really have had this proven to me time and time again. The way that we think is what manifests. It's what happens. So if you're fixated, like, I don't want to fail. 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 I don't want to mess up. I can't mess up. I don't want to mess up. Bro, homie, like that's all you're thinking about. All you're thinking about is failing and all you're thinking about is messing up. So kind of taking a second to step back and like really kind of go inward And be really objective with your own mind and starting at ground zero. Like, how do I actually talk about things? How do I actually frame things in my brain of, am I more failure focused? Am I focusing on what I don't want? Because that's exactly what I was doing. I was really, really focused on, I don't want to lose money. I don't want to lose money. I don't want to have low ticket sales. I don't want to have nobody show up. You know, like I was genuinely really negatively focused and what I've been training myself over and over and still to this day, still to this moment, is training myself to be solution-minded. It's not bad to acknowledge the problem. It's not bad to acknowledge the challenges. You need to. Like, you need to see what you're up against. It's not to be delusional and, like, out of touch with reality. But also, I think the majority kind of, like, if you broke your brain and your thoughts down into numbers and seconds and quantity of time— I think it's the most fruitful and the most productive to think about what you do want. So saying like, I don't want to fail, flip that to, I want to succeed. I want this event to kick ass. I want people, what is it that you want? You know, that's what I would just keep asking myself. What is it that I want? I want people to be inspired. I want people to learn something really critical. I want this to be a turning point for people's lives. I want um, people to feel good working with us. I want people to trust that when they come to a collaboration event, they're going to come out, you know, entertained, inspired, feeling good, feeling like they're part of a community. Like that's the way that I really switched gears. And I would say at this point, a good majority of my brain does think pretty positively. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, And I focus on that gratitude. And I think this year um, is honestly one of the ways that it really kept me healthy. I wasn't obsessed about, um, about negative stuff. And to be honest, there's a lot of negative stuff. There's a lot of uh, pressure in terms of meeting numbers and um, pleasing your sponsors. And, you know, this is for another episode. There's a lot of, like, drama in the community. There's, 
and I'm not saying that to cause drama. It's like just being real. Like there's people that cause me a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of situations that stress me out. And in the past, I would be really obsessive about it. I would be really negatively impact because I wasn't even appreciating, again, the gratitude part, I wasn't appreciating what was there. You know, instead of focusing on, dude, these people are showing up because they believe in you, they believe in your organization, they believe in your event. And instead of appreciating their presence, you're obsessing and crying over who's not there and who's, you know, being a hater or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's very different mindsets. And they might very well might be like two sides of one coin, right? It's kind of like a catch-22. But I think that with effort, with meditation, with practice, with um, journaling, with all these different methods, focusing on what you want is a very, very powerful internal mechanism that really shifts your productivity to get the outcome that you do want. And I think it's really important to identify that. So that's my number two. Focus on the outcome that you want. Do not focus. Don't give in more. Don't feed the beast of what you don't want. Feed the beast of what you do want, right? And that's number two. Number three, find your fuel. Um, identify the fuel that makes it worth it. Why is it that you want to achieve this? Is it a monetary thing? Is it um, a relationship thing? Is it a good emotion thing? I feel it could be all those things, right? But finding your fuel and identifying what your intentions are is really important because what I've seen, and anybody's seen this, for example, when you're hungry, you get your food. You know what I'm saying? When there's motivation, when you understand why it is that you're doing what you do, everything kind of like the bullshit kind of fades away. Do you know what I mean? And you really, it allows you to focus. It ties in a number two. It helps you focus on what you want. So finding your fuel of why you want to do something really feeds the how. It feeds the plan. Maybe none of these things aren't actually in order, but just go with me here. Finding your fuel is really critical because motivation to me uh, really influences the quality of what you're going to do. If you don't care, like it's just really the result is probably going to be subpar. And I think there's, you know, just to throw this out there, I'm going to assume that y'all have different examples of moments where things really went amazing that you got like paid zero dollars for it just really meant a lot to you right like everybody has those things whether it was like planning a friend's birthday party or planning a date for somebody that you really love or doing something for your family or doing something for yourself it's like because you really wanted it when the motivation's there man like things start to click for me collaboration a lot of my motivation is just doing right by our audience. There's people like I, again, stopped fixating on haters or people who, um, for whatever reasons, fell out of like favor for us or whatever. But like, there's so many people who do believe in us. There's so many people who appreciate us, who come to all of our, our events. That was my fuel 
Um, my staff, my volunteers are a huge freaking reason why I work so hard. I appreciate how much they show up. And when they show up and they put in their 110%, there's absolutely nothing less than my 150% that I got to put in because I refuse to let them show up and, and find me giving less than. It just feels like I'm stealing from people, you know? They motivate me very much so to do my very best and to give the best quality parts of myself, whether it's when I speak or are planning or good energy when they come into a meeting. That gives me a lot of fuel. Um, also, the art that I do fuels me as well. And I, I, I use that um, to fuel me every day in the form of, like, my playlist. Honestly, it comes, music does a lot for me. Um in terms of setting my mood. So even if music kind of reinforces whatever message it is, honestly, lately I've been listening to a lot of like Kendrick, um, Chance the Rapper. I've been listening to a lot of Beyonce. It's a lot of these power songs that remind me like to kind of fight the power. I've been dealing with a lot of, a lot of, um, not just negative self-talk and like the, the, extra drama, but also honestly, I've been really dragged down by, by Trump, by Harvey Weinstein, by all this, like the shootings. I mean, rest in peace to everybody in Texas. Like that's the latest shooting. Like we just had Vegas before that. And we just had like New York. I mean, New York was in between Vegas and Texas. That was even more recent. Like there's a lot of stuff that gets me down and, um, it's easy because it's real. I don't think anybody who gets stressed out and discouraged, when honestly things around us seem to be going to shit and there doesn't seem to be much hope, um, how are you then supposed to just pick yourself up and, and be super motivated and positive and just have all the faith in the world? You know what I'm saying? That's so hard. So in light of that, like find your fuel, like write it down, get your playlist, get your med- meditation playlist. Like you kind of got to put in that work to find what can take you from zero to 60 in a very real way. When I hear certain songs, sometimes it'll take a little bit longer than others, but it can get me in a different headspace. It can de- it can get me um, reminded of why I'm alive, what my purpose is. I'll look, I will, honestly, other fuel sources are looking through old videos scrolling through my Instagram kind of to reflect on where I've been has honestly given me a lot of life. Like it just fills me with gratitude. Like, oh my God, these are the awesome people that I love. These are the friends that are in my life and I want to make them proud. This is my family that's, you know, uh, doing right by me. This is the condo, this beautiful new condo that I live in that is my home. That's my responsibility with my family that I want to, you know, make into a good investment and earn good money and do and earn that money by doing something good in this world. That's my fuel. Like it's a huge, um, purpose reminder for myself. So find your fuel. It's an important part of being productive, just doing the actions, going and going through the motions. Um, it's just, it's not sustainable. So I think it's really important to find your fuel. It's number three. Um, number four, find balance. Uh, balance has been an extremely, extremely difficult thing for me to, to incorporate. It's kind of like eating your vegetables. Like we all know that we should do it. Um, we all know we should exercise and we all know we should drink water and we, we all know we should eat vegetables. And, um, 
you know, we should we should be nice to each other. I don't really like the word should anymore. Uh, I actually challenge all of you guys because this actually really worked for me. This truly worked because I'm really trying to redefine the whole self-love thing and the whole term of selfish. As a woman, I've always felt, uh, not always, but like historically felt that guilty putting myself first. That is a novel thing. I'd say really that's taken hold of me in my 30s. And prior to that, I think my default was to always, for better or worse, put others first. Now, in one way, you can look at that as that it's really, really, you know, admirable and respectable and altruistic and all that stuff. But at the same time, that's a very quick way to burn out. I think that's like episode four, I think, with Christine Chen when we talk about burnout. You have to—you are part of the machine that produces all the goods that you—you are the machine, right? And if you don't have fuel, you're going to break. And to what degree you're going to break and how many times you break over how many—what extent of time, that's on you. Nobody is going to— uh, div, you know, discipline your time for you. No one's going to meditate for you. No one's going to exercise for you. No one's going to feed you all the time unless you're like hella baller and have a chef or like a nanny or somebody who's going to follow you around making sure you drink water and eat your vegetables. No one's going to do that for you. You're your own person. You're a grown-up. You're a grown-ass person. And even if you're young, you're a grown-ass person. <laughs> Take ownership of that. That's an amazing thing. I love that. Like, Again, back to the Me Too story, having had an abusive boyfriend and relinquishing all control to him really helped ground me in as soon as I was out of it, I never took my own choices for granted. I I really don't think I've taken that for granted ever again Um, because to this day, and it may be a little sad, but like I'm glad that I can choose what I do when I want to do it. I can eat when I want, go to the bathroom when I want. Those are things that at one time in my life were not in my control. Um, And it's something that I think is a great thing. It can be really intimidating because you're just like, I have the responsibility and the ability to make all these choices. And sometimes we get paralyzed by the fact that we have all these choices to make. But again, thinking positively, like lean into that. You know, lean into it. Like, why not? You are your own person. Like, you can choose and wear this outfit. You can wear this kind of makeup if you want. Like, girl or guy or trans or queer, whatever you are, you you have choices. And those are, that's a beautiful thing. I cannot emphasize how fucking awesome it is to be able to make choices. Um, some are harder than others, but it's still a great freedom. There's a lot of people in this world who don't have the freedom to make choices. So in that, you can also choose to appreciate yourself and to find balance. And if you also know that that's a really critical part in the long run, the main thing that I learned in like having burnt out so many times is that I recognize that I have a choice in dictating my long-term sustainability of my own energy. And... Um, My choices were not reflecting that. My choices previously were very short-sighted. I wasn't, and it was a constant evolution and iteration of how I could operate. The rate at which I was working, the the amount of hours I was putting in, and the lack of planning 
um, the lack of investing in perfecting my playlist or doing my workout or whatever, finding striking some form of balance took its toll for real. In 2015, I got sick every two weeks and it was one of the worst years of my life. Um, to feel that under the weather like that all the time was just a terrible way to exist. And it really honestly made me fearful of like this could develop into a much bigger illness. When you have prolonged stress, it takes a toll on your body. Whether you're young and you don't realize it because you think that you can live forever and you're Superman or Superwoman and Wonder Woman, you are a human being and your body is a very, very uh, fragile thing. It's very strong and it's very resilient. But don't mess with it too long because it will respond to all the stress that you're putting it through. So find your balance. And like I will schedule that shit in. It is part like I am very protective of my balance time. And I'm still working on it because I still don't think I have a great amount of balance. But I'm giving myself credit because compared to like what I was at a year ago or two years ago is drastically better. I sleep six to eight hours of, uh, a night. And that is an astronomical jump in hours. My body is old, y'all. Like, I just can't, I literally can't stay up that late anymore. I have to sleep. Um, I'm better about hydrating. My working out is pretty regular now. I go to the park. I take walks in the morning. That's something that started um, earlier starting this spring of this year. I started taking walks each morning and I really enjoyed it. I liked being outside. I explored so many of my, so much of my neighborhood. Honestly, that's how I believe I ended up at this condo that I'm at is I got out and explored each morning for half an hour. Um, having a Fitbit actually helped me. I got a Fitbit as a gift and, um, tracking my steps actually really made me start getting competitive with myself and reaching goals, like tangible goals. So um, all these little different things kind of added to me finding balance and and um, just paying attention, you know, to like how healthy I felt. Um, I realized, I think I got sick twice this year, knock on wood, but that is another mark of saying like I've improved in, in having balance because my body is not under so much stress. And um, I didn't feel as wiped out at my events this year. Every November, I usually, by this time, I'm like deathly ill because I have so much adrenaline going that after the events are over, I completely like often collapse. That sounds really dramatic, but it has happened. So um, just eating well, going for your run, um, taking your time to journal, calling a friend on the phone. Like I made sure to call my mom and or, and or my dad just to chat with them. Um, I've been dealing with some, some HOA bullshit where I've been fighting my homeowners association, which I'm going to make another podcast about, but, um, that actually forced me to step away from my office. Cause I, well, it was a whole other ball of stress, but I had to do some legal research. I had to talk more with my brother and, um, you know, it, but frankly, thank God it wasn't keeping me pinned to my computer only doing emails for collaboration because that's another quick way to burn out and feeling honestly negative emotionally, like feeling resentful towards your work and feeling like you're really overwhelmed and um, kind of chained to what you're doing. It can be very, very detrimental. So in terms of getting done what you want, have your plan, focus on what you want, get your fuel, but also find that balance so that you can do this thing that you're doing effectively, high quality, efficiently, 
and not at the expense of the long term. Because say that you complete your film, right? Like say, I'm just using everything in terms of entertainment or like some project, right? Say that you complete it, but it comes at the expense of your health. And now you have like a hospital bill and you have chronic back pain or you have um, some ailment or some issue like literally being tired and being fatigued is a is a health hazard i have fallen asleep at the wheel multiple times if any of you guys know los angeles i drove through pico and la brea which is one of the biggest intersections in los angeles that exists i drove through a red light in that intersection to this day i don't know how i survived but i know i fell asleep because i woke up after i crossed that intersection and that's scary Like, I could have died, and I could have hurt. Not only I could have died, I literally felt more guilt that I could have killed somebody else. I could have hurt somebody. These are real consequences. It's not just like, oh, long-term, like, you're going to have, like, there's a spectrum. You could get white hairs, and you can get wrinkles faster. That's, I mean, come on, like, moneymaker. But also, you could seriously damage other people. Um, going back to what we're talking about, like finding closure, letting go, how people self-medicate. If you're so stressed and like the only way that you can self-medicate is by drinking, et cetera. Again, if that's within your home, that's one thing. That's your own health. But I know people who self-medicate by going to happy hours and they, they drive irresponsibly. And honestly, people, there are some people really close to me who have done that too. And they were just like so stressed out from work that they would feel the need to to drink and then drive home at like seven or eight at night and like that's just irresponsible no offense to I'm not naming anybody that shit's scary and that honestly pissed me off that a friend would do that and they felt bad but then you know it has to those are those are real uh, actions and real consequences right so just kind of painting a worst case scenario, like there, there are reasons why balance matters. There's a reason why rest is necessary. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of stressors going on in this world. Hence, we're seeing a lot of um, really bad responses and reactions from people who are kind of falling apart. So never underestimate the importance of balance and um, finding ways to find peace and happiness and contentment and um, confidence, you know, within yourself. Because again, nobody can do that for you. So number four, find your balance. Five, the last thing that really has uh, changed my life, like all these things have really changed my life and will continue because I intend to get better at all these things. But the last thing um, is ask for help. I have been very, very scared and resistant for a lot of different reasons. I could that part we can go on for like an hour. Why I have objected or resisted asking for help. One major component is my ego. I was very, um, I have a really strong work ethic, but I think that also led led me to wanting to. Honestly, this is more when I was younger, but wanting to have um, the ability to take credit. That's just being a hundred percent with you guys. Um, in the past, I think I really thrived off of senses, uh, sensing accomplishment and feeling like I did this and um, it's because of me. And honestly, that really kind of reflects a very low self-esteem, but I got a really big uh, satisfaction and validation out of achievements. So I would rarely ask for help. 
And then in so doing would, you know, maybe I would succeed at one thing and get a bigger ask and then burn out in that process. And then also not have had anybody to help me because I didn't take the time to. Um, second of all, like ego is one thing. Two is like being kind of a control freak. Like I do have a high standard for quality. I have a certain vision for certain things. But what collaboration, why I'm so grateful to is that it, it forced me and taught me how to work with other people. Um, that there's value in mul- multiple people uh, contributing to a project. You do want multiple perspectives. Granted, you don't want too many but you want some perspectives, right? You need people to uh, to question you and to give their expertise on XYZ. You can't be good at everything. Um, figure out the part that you play the best role in and then bring in other people to help you. I've had so much help with collaboration and I appreciate um, I appreciate the appreciation that I've been given in being the director. It's it's incredibly just like overwhelming and wonderful but 1000% there's no way that I could have done this weekend or this entire year or the last eight years I've been in collaboration without my team period there's no way asking for help is critical in achieving what you want to do so even if somebody can't play a tangible concrete roles concrete role I'm like can't grammar right now excuse me but if they can't play a concrete role in in executing what only you can execute, there's other ways that people can help. For example, um, I would ask my roommates to help me with X, Y, Z around the house. That would alleviate my stress load. It would help me. Uh, I, I was just such a like, I need to do everything and I need to do it myself. And that's the only way things can get done. And that's the only way things can get done right. And it really showed kind of my lack and lack of trust in other people. And um, just insanity. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, you're just crazy, girl. I mean, I'm glad to a degree. I'm glad I proved that I can be very self-sufficient. I can't, if I need to, I can get it done, a lot of things done myself. But also, it's awesome to get people to help you. If you need help, people want to help. Like, I know how I feel when I want to help awesome people. There are so many people I adore that I genuinely feel great when I make their lives better or easier. It's like people like to feel good. So it's kind of funny that I have all these amazing friends who want to help me, and then I reject them. I feel like it's one form of rejecting love. Like, you got to let—it creates trust between people. It helps create bonds and, like, appreciation. Like, how are we supposed to appreciate each other if every single person was just completely autonomous and self-sufficient? right? Um, it goes really hand in hand. Like getting assistance is a great thing. I think it's an expression of love and I think it's an expression of friendship and loyalty and generosity. And those things ought to be, um, accepted and received. And also if you really do need help, you got to ask for it again. No one's like, there are few people who are going to ask for help on your behalf. Um, and there's tons of people who offer their help. Like, the more I look around, the more I'm just, like, surrounded by people offering to help me. And it's amazing. Um, And before I genuinely questioned my own self-worth of, like, why do people want to help me? I would genuinely question, like, what do they want from me? And I would also be bogged down with, like, oh, my God, I owe them. Once they help me, like, I owe them. There were a lot of issues, you guys. Issues, y'all. 
coming to the point where I can now ask for help freely and feel genuine gratitude without feeling guilt or like obligation is a really huge deal for me. But um, however, whatever process or whatever stage in the process you're at in terms of asking for help, I think that, uh, you know, be gracious about it, be grateful for it, be reasonable. And it's not that it's a tit for tat situation. Like if somebody helps you, some people just want to help you. But also if they do help you, just be grateful, you know, and and do your best to show that gratitude in some shape or form. I think that genuinely creates a good bond between people where it's um, it's very easy and it flows, you know. Uh, yeah, just be open for help and and receive that and then help others. Pay it forward, you know, be a good person. If everybody received help and, and gave help, oh my God, I just think that the world will be drastically, drastically better. And I really actually ask all of you guys to do that because Lord knows we need it right now. Um, and, and again, focusing on the positive, the silver lining to all these like terrible clouds that are happening in our universe right now. Um, I was surrounded by silver linings. Like I felt like I was spun up in a bunch of silver linings this past weekend because again, I've been dealing with a lot of, um, mean bullying, uh, at home with this homeowners association situation, uh, which I do want to talk about because it was a huge educational moment for me as a new homeowner, as an adult, how naive I was and, um, just kind of like my rights to know how to adult. And I think I have a feeling this could affect a lot of my peers and definitely people younger or older, you know, all of us, it affects a lot of people, especially in America. So I'm going to make a podcast about that, but, um, you know, I've been going through my own struggles and, um, but like for every struggle, I feel like there's two silver linings, you know, and that's the part I am so grateful for because this weekend, um, I apologize. I didn't even outline what collaboration is about or what the events were for. Collaboration is a nonprofit to support and elevate and connect Asian American Pacific Islander artists of which I am one. I'm an actor and a writer and director. And um, this weekend was our marquee event, basically. It's our big annual hoopla that we spend pretty much all year preparing for. And uh, we had a comedy night, which is the first time we put this comedy night together in conjunction with Asian as fuck, Asian AF. Their comedy movement um, headquartered in L.A. It's kind of born out of the improv scene in L.A. by my friend Will Choi. And um, we partnered up with them to just put together some stand-up and improv and make a comedy night. And it was amazing. And um, again, that that used to just be an idea in my head. And we're like, let's just do it. It'd just be so fun. Let's just do it because it'd be fun. And we made it happen. And then the second day, uh, Empower is the Empower Creative Leadership Conference. And um, it's primarily, it's like all the speakers are Asian American Pacific Islander. It's focused on an API audience, but everyone's welcome. But uh, we had over, like around 200 people come out to learn about the entertainment industry, to listen to people. Like we had uh, John M. Chu, who's the director of Crazy Rich Asians, that's coming out next August, August 17th. Mark it on your calendars. Um, we had Harry Shum Jr. We had uh, 
Monica Maser, who is half black, half Korean, and she's the showrunner of Queen Sugar at the Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, she works with Oprah and Ava DuVernay. She is officially my goals. Um, she's an incredible woman, too. We had uh, Kate, the, the Coalition for Asian Pacifics and Entertainment, help plan a showrunners panel. We had an improv workshop that my friend Susan ran. We had mentorship hours. We had YouTubers. We had AJ Raphael. We had my friends uh, Claire C., Paul Date, Travis Atreo, Megan Lee. Like, all these different people come out, share their stories. And we had an audition workshop. It was just, like, a dream that was once a dream. And now it was something that NBC, you know, Comcast, NBC Universal sponsored. And holy shit, that was just like a dream come true. And to have the people in that room, um, it really was a dream come true. And then to close out the weekend on Sunday, we had our showcase where it's, you know, finalists that are flown in from all over North America, Houston, Los Angeles. San Francisco, Detroit, Atlanta, and Chicago. And um, we all got together, and then we had some guest performances by some of the best musicians that I know, Tim Atlas, Melissa Bolinar, and Jen Chung, Giamazawa. We had The Lab. Um, they're from West Covina, and they've been on World of Dance. And, oh, my God, you guys, it was just an amazing weekend. So that's that's the weekend that I've been gearing up to. Still been keeping on the weekly podcast. I'm writing two shows and two movies right now see this is where i need like one of my future podcasts needs to be how to focus (laughs) because that's the next part of my journey but in any case um it was extremely get shit done time of my life i would say since the summer honestly it's been really really ramping up and it, it took um, a really intense turn with the HOA stuff coinciding, but it all really challenged me to step up my game and be more of a pro and just handle my business. So um, these are my five tips. Like That's what I just finished up a few days ago. I'm still recuperating, giving myself time to recover. I still sound kind of hoarse. Um, if you want to check out my Instagram or my Facebook, I'm going to share some clips of my hosting. I hosted the show. Not only did I plan, but I hosted. And um, shout out to June Lee, who is from Atlanta. He co-hosted with me, and we just had so much fun at the Star Showcase. We did a K-drama bit. Um, I rapped. I was Dr. Dre. And for those of you who don't know, I got bars um, sometimes when I memorize. And uh, we also did like a, a dance thing, the K-drama. It's just really, really fun. And so my voice is a little hoarse. But in any case, it's not a, a brag session. I just kind of want to keep you guys up to date, too, of like what I'm into, what my life is about, and why all those events and all the people that I get to work with give me so much drive and so much purpose and so much satisfaction and fulfillment that again the fuel it it gives me a good sense of like my contribution to to the world or to society i i'm not someone super famous or anything like that but if i have the ability to bring super amazing people into the room so we can talk about how to build diversity in media and what that impacts literally the rest of the world hell yeah i'm gonna put some time into that i will take time out of my day to do that and i'll do my absolute best to do that and in doing that it's inspired me to kind of 
take launch, uh, take launch, take flight in, in my artistic endeavors too. And so kind of everything again feeds into the next thing. It's a step by step process. So I really hope that these tips were helpful. Number one, make a plan. Number two, focus on the outcomes that you want. Number three, finding your fuel. And four, striking balance. And five, asking for help. I hope those five things help you achieve what you want to achieve. Um, I hope what it is that you want to achieve benefits you and people outside of you, that it's not uh, harmful. (laughs) Um, I hope that it's constructive and I hope that it's something that brings you true joy and others joy because I that's my intent with this podcast um sometimes we're going to talk about some really difficult things and we're going to go deep but all of it is in with the intent to build up and to heal and to be real with ourselves because I think that's the only way that we can move forward effectively and and get what we want which is to connect with others and contribute something good because I, I, I frankly don't um those are the things that give me the greatest joy and give me the sense that I'm spending my time well. And so that's it for episode 16 of First of All. I thank you so much to Marvin Yue, my producer, for helping make this happen. Thank you to Aquafina for letting me use her song, Yellow Ranger. Aquafina, you are all the things. You're so amazing. I just saw pictures of her from Crazy Rich Asians. I cannot wait for that movie. And uh, thank you to everyone who uh, is tuned in. Please subscribe. Please uh, leave a five-star rating. It does help people find this podcast. The ratings do help. Um, and it, it really gives me a lot of, a lot more encouragement than you probably know to know that people appreciate this. Um, and it gives me a lot of motivation to get behind this mic and like share with you guys and make this conversation. Again, I want to hear your guys' uh, IMO questions. Send it to me on Instagram at firstofallpod. You can also tweet me at First of All Pod or DM me on Instagram, whatever. Uh, find me. I'm there and I'm available. I want to hear from you. Also, if you want to support me and support this podcast, uh, please contribute to my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash First of All Podcast. I'm super excited to just be in the space like... It's weird. I'm talking to a microphone by myself right now, but somehow I feel really connected with you guys. And it's really just this crazy feeling that there's a, a, an audience, you know, and that it's it's um, it's impacting people. I it makes me want to cry and dance and rap and yell and all the things. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Um, stay strong, stay positive, love one another, do good out in the world. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Go and I'm